Hey guys, welcome to the uh, Carnage at Ringside Wrestling Podcast. I am Jake, this is Dustin. Uh, today we are going to be uh, covering the invasion angle um, that WWE ran right after uh, WCW closed. Um, I was thinking about on the invasion angle, some topics we want to talk about is, um, you know, cover how the angle actually played out on TV, um, what our thoughts was on it, maybe what we could have done different. And, uh, you know, who we would have brought in if we could have. Um, everybody knows WCW's contracts and things like that. Couldn't get everybody they wanted. Oh, yeah. Um, but, Dustin, go ahead and uh, cover a little bit on the invasion, um, and then we'll jump into it. All right. So, uh, just a little bit of history on the invasion. So, of course, we all know about the uh, the Monday Night War battle in the 90s with WCW and the WWF at the time. They... Uh, WCW was bought out by Vince McMahon in 2001, mm -hmm. and the original plan was to have the invasion happen in 2002, mm -hmm. after WrestleMania 18. 18. Mm -hmm. um, the Triple H injury caused by uh, Chris Jericho, where he tore his quad, pushed or uh, pushed it ahead early. Uh, because the summer feud was supposed to be between Triple Austin. H and Austin, yeah, yeah for the and, world title. Um, so, the the thing that I wanted to look at most, though, is the original plan was to have its own show. WCW was supposed mm -hmm. to have its own, like, branded as its own company. It's going to have its own show on a separate night, and it was going to be ran by Shane McMahon. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Bill Apter confirmed this, and I think Dave Meltzer, too. But the... Um, Plans fell through when no network would even pick up WCW. Right. No network wanted to pick them up. They tried to brand Raw as a WCW show whenever they were doing their uh, test runs. When yeah. They, they completely made Raw go WCW when they had the Booker T. Buff Bagwell Buff match. Bagwell like the last it. hour of the show mm -hmm. or last half hour of the show. Yeah. And that failed miserably. That's why Kurt Angle and Stone Cold... and. Uh, got involved, and then the invasion storyline went to the alliance versus the WWF. Yeah, WWF, and that's where we saw everything play out. And it was it was killed by Survivor Series, right? Well, I know yeah, King of the Ring. Um, you know, we had the angle where Undertaker's wife was being stalked, whoever that was going to be, yeah. which ended up turning out to be Diamond Dallas Page. And uh, that same night, after Paige debuted at King of the Ring, revealing that he was a stalker, mm -hmm. I believe it was a Booker T that interfered in the triple threat match between yeah. Austin, Jericho, and Benoit. Yeah. Booker T. Um, and it's kind of funny. Uh, they brought Booker T in kind of as a baby face at first. I mean, it was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he was going to be like a baby face. And then, like you said, with the Triple H injury, it kind of pushed the invasion angle up. Um, yeah. Because they brought him in. The first person to invade was Lance Storm. Lance Storm, yeah. And then mm -hmm. Hugh Morris. Yeah, Lance, Lance Storm and Hugh Morris, I believe, came the same night together. It, it was it was either the same night or it was back-to-back. -back, yeah. it, was, it was a week apart. It was a week apart, was, Because yeah. Hugh Morris invaded on the first match between Kane and I don't remember who he was facing, but it yeah. was during that match. Mm -hmm. Or Christian. It was Kane and Christian. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think so... You know, if it would have happened in 2002, I think it would have been a little bit better because some of those WCW contracts was coming up in 2002. They were. You know, because in 2002, we got, you know, um, you know Goldberg came in. Mm -hmm. um, I believe uh, 
Scott Steiner or no? I was a, Steiner when, came in in 02. In it was 02, late 02. Late yeah. 02. So we would have had some more of those WCW names, you know, Hall and Nash, Hogan. The NWO came in early. NWO came in in February of 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was Vince's original plan. He knew some of his contracts was coming up. Sting came up too eventually. And yeah, of course we didn't get Sting till years later, but all those contracts was coming up. So the WCW that we kind of got in the invasion angle was kind of on the weak side outside of Booker T and Diamond Dallas Page. It was WCW 2000 minus the, the big names. Yeah, because, I mean, you got like Jindrak. Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> Chuck Palumbo and guys yeah. like that. Um, I think one thing that helped save the alliance part was the ECW because we got a lot of big ECW oh, names yeah. that came when, you know, RVD. Of course, the Dudley Boys has already been there. Rhino. Um, and Rhino. Um, and it gave Paul Heyman... It gave Paul Heyman a reason, more reason to be there, right? Because uh, that was around the time when Jerry Lawler stepped away from the company. Yeah. Um, and Paul Heyman took his spot at mm-hmm. the commentary desk. And while it was good, it just wasn't Jr. and Kane. Yeah. But when Paul Heyman got involved in the Alliance stuff, mm-hmm. it made it mean more because Jim Ross was the through and through WWF guy. Paul Heyman yeah. was the alliance guy mm-hmm. and it gave it gave us another mcmahon family rivalry um because shane and stephanie were ahead of the alliance right yeah mm-hmm. which um the mcmahon family rivalry it's like like the manson family <laughs> almost sometimes it is. it is um always made for good tv and it just made perfect sense to have you know shane already some kind of bought wcw or whatever to have mm-hmm. stephanie do ecw and, of course, go up against Daddy Vince. It just made perfect sense and made for some good TV. Uh, one thing I wanted to cover going into the invasion was with Austin, Angle, and Vince. Um, right before that really kicked off, there was some good TV between those three. Some Some funny funny moments, funny promos, um, you know, as Austin being, you know, hugging Vince McMahon every other second, mm-hmm. you know, with somebody else would shake Vince's hand or something. Austin would oh, play the, classic. the jealous rattlesnake. Um and uh, made some real good TV leading into the invasion angle, you know, with Booker T coming in. They was, you know, looking for Booker T in the locker room and everything. And <laughs> they was sending, they sent in Kurt Angle first in the locker room. And Austin's like, I got your back, Kurt. And then Austin didn't go in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so made some good TV. But, uh, you know, one of my favorite moments when uh, they really started challenging Vince in the WWF and, Vince wanted the old Stone Cold back. Oh, yeah. I need the old Stone Cold. <laughs> Do you want to see Stone Cold whip Vince McMahon's ass? Give me a hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah Vince said, give me a stunner, Steve. And uh, made for some great Come TV. Come back, Steve. Yeah. Um, and then, we, of course, we know Austin ended up turning yeah. and being with the Alliance. Give me your thoughts on Austin. You know, he was so pro-WWF, you know, because, I mean, he brought the company back to yeah. with the Attitude Era. So, give me your thoughts on so like Austin going against the WWF in the invasion angle. How, was, would you have done that, or would you try to keep Austin face? I would have kept Austin with the WWF. Period. Uh, mm-hmm. I think initially, of course, Austin's heel run, and Austin has said that if he would, if he could go back at seventeen, at seventeen, 17 he yeah. would call an audible because yeah. it flopped. It did. Um, I don't blame them for trying it at that time because right. at that time the company needed something something to kick off the next year. Because mm-hmm. the Attitude Era was pretty much over. Yeah. As soon as WCW was bought, the Attitude Era ended right mm-hmm. there. Um, uh, I just think that the Austin turning heel and joining the Alliance was not... 
I, I wouldn't have done that. Um, well, here's my thing about it. I, I kind of, I'm kind of on the fence. I won't say it was a bad move, but like we talked about, the Alliance really didn't have any true star power. Yeah, somebody was going to have to turn heel yeah, and join the Alliance. That's where I um, would have. I, I I agree there because they needed to do it. Mm-hmm. It was just. It was like, okay, Steve's character was the backbone of the company at that right. time. They needed to play it safe, and pulling stuff like that mm-hmm. was tempting his character. Well, right after Austin turned heel, too, at the Invasion pay-per-view, I think it was a week or two later, The Rock came back. Which yep. Everybody knew The Rock was coming back. He yep. just finished wrapping up uh, Scorpion King. Yep. Um, so we knew he was coming back. So I think it either had to be Rock or Austin to turn heel. Mm-hmm. And I think it just kind of made sense at the time. Austin was really on the border of the heel babyface character anyways. He was never a true face anyway. No. He's never been a true face. Right. Um, so I think just turning him heel with the Alliance kind of came natural. And we mm-hmm. knew the Rock was coming back. And he really didn't want to turn the Rock heel with him getting ready to come out of the movie and everything. Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of made sense to make Austin heel. Um, but at the same time, it, it was a tough call. Um, but I believe, like I said, Vince had to have somebody turn heel. Mm-hmm. And I think Austin was just in the right time, right place. You know, and I think Austin kind of looked at this as his second chance of being a true heel, too. Yeah. Because, like he said, the Mania 17 heel run just didn't really work. It didn't. Um, it didn't work. Now, that's an interesting thing. Let me ask you, because uh, I want to give my opinion on this as well, because I, I, I've had this story planned for a long time. Mm-hmm. If you could give me the scenarios, how would you book Austin's heel run versus what it actually was? For the invasion or for Mania 17? Mania 17. Because that oh. leads... Cause, because this was leading, this was before the invasion. Right. So how would you book it? Now let's let's give the same scenario. Triple H gets injured, so the invasion gets pushed up. And yeah. how does it play out going into the invasion? Well, I think Austin's initial heel heel uh, heel run. Excuse me. Um, I think it was. I think. I mean, it was booked pretty well. I just think the fans wasn't buying it. No, Austin was so red hot. You know, he really just came back from his injury in November the mm-hmm. year before. Yep. Um, from his year-long neck injury, he was still had a lot of gas in the tank as a face, you know. Um, the reaction I, he got at WrestleMania 17 yeah, was off the charts. It was, and I mean, he couldn't do much more to make the guy a bad guy. I mm-hmm. mean, he was. Well, he you beat up his best friend as hey, Jr. He kicked Jim Ross's ass. You know, hit and lead it with a chair. You know, I mean, it's, I'm not sure much else they could do to really get the crowd to try to hate him. Oh, no. I think they booked it well. I just think it, it just wasn't the right time. For you know, a red hot face rattlesnake to turn heel. Yeah. Um, now, if you go back and look, because I've been watching some of the evasion stuff, I think his heel run was actually good. Then the fans was actually they was kind of hating him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to bury WWF or whatever. I think a lot of fans really bought into the invasion angle because mm-hmm. the invasion pay per view was the best selling pay per view outside of Mania. It was. It had like seven hundred and seventy thousand buys. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. So the crowd really bought into this invasion angle going the, in. The WCW versus WWF storyline mm-hmm. sells itself. Yeah. Because it's years of real built up. Yeah. Tension. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ted Turner and Vince hated each other. Yeah. Hated each other. So when you get that on TV. Only thing I kind of wished um, with the invasion, you know, they brought in Paul Heyman for ECW. At the time, I wish they could have got Bischoff for the WCW. Of course, we didn't get Bischoff till no. about, uh, about 2002. Yeah, late, late, late 2002, 2002 early it was, 2002. It was after the brand split. 
Yeah, um, I believe they could have got him to kind of be like the mouthpiece for WCW like Heyman was for the ECW part of the alliance. Mm-hmm. That would have been gold. I think could have been pretty special. Um, always kind of looked back on that and thought that would have been really good. I think that one of the things that I would change um, would be obviously the timing. I, if I was – because WWF pushed it up. Because Triple H's injury Triple H killed injury. the plans for the year. Yeah. What I would have done, though, is I would have kept it in 2002. I would not have pushed it up because when you push something of that magnitude up, mm-hmm. then it's going to have expectations yeah. and it's going to fail. Yeah, it's kind of rushed. What I would have done was kept the invasion at 2002 mm-hmm. and Triple H still goes down. What I'm doing is I'm turning Austin face. Right. And Kurt is going to stay heel, mm-hmm. or Kurt has a face run, and Austin stays heel. And right. they headline the summer, mm-hmm. uh, and then The Rock comes back, and now The Rock can get redemption. Yeah, I'm going right. to keep Austin heel because then mm-hmm. Kurt can have a nice face run. Yeah, and then when Rock comes back, Rock can uh, return at SummerSlam and kind of tie screw, into screw Austin out of a match, a WWF Championship mm-hmm. match between with him and Kurt. And then next thing you know, boom! You literally have The Rock and Stone Cold for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think I think I would have kept it in two thousand two because you'd have had so many more names coming in. And and just imagine um, the names that start coming in in early two thousand two. Right. You could build that up for WrestleMania. We could, I mean, if they would have worked together, we mm-hmm. could have seen Austin and Hogan pre-invasion. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, that's a big change that I would. I would just keep the timing what they originally had planned. It would have. I think you could have easily filled the summer in, um, even with Triple H going down. You could have, like you said, filled it in with The Rock coming back. Mm-hmm. You could have gave Angle a good little face run. Because yep. um, Angle's face run throughout the Invasion Angle was pretty good, actually. Yeah. He didn't end up, towards the end of the Invasion Angle, he did end up turning on WWE and went to the Alliance. Yeah. But through most of it, he stayed face, and he had a pretty good face run. His his um, his uh, turn towards the alliance to me is typical Kurt. It was. He's yeah. he's the, always the guy that he makes jackass moves, and he really, but he does it in strategic ways because mm-hmm. he'll make a bad move and then he'll turn around and play like oh I, I thought of that you right. know but yeah. that just fits his character. It does. It does. Kurt. I mean, and the thing is, he really didn't change his character that much. Um, he was still kind of whiny, you know, but it, the, the fans bought what he was believing in, you know, mm-hmm. with he was true WWF callers. Um, I actually just watched the SummerSlam match between him and Austin. Great match. Austin right. gave him like three stunners, and, you know, they made Angle look really strong, mm-hmm. um, which the match ended because Austin hit the referee, and then Nick Patrick comes out and disqualifies Austin. <laughs> so Austin keeps the belt. Yeah. Um, and that was another thing I love too. You had Nick Patrick pro WCW and Earl Hebner pro WWF, and they had that little feud going between the when, when, referees. When was they, good when they had that match on Raw between <laughs> uh, Booker and Kurt for the WCW Championship, mm-hmm. and Earl Hebner comes out there and spears Nick Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Patrick is screwing Kurt Angle. Yeah, you know, with the whole one, two, oh, something's in my, my eye. eye. Something's yeah. in my eye. My shoulder hurts. Yeah. You know. Earl Hebner came out there and speared um, Nick Patrick. The crowd went nuts. Yeah. You know, they, they ate that mm-hmm. up. Um, 
Um, That's some good stuff. It was some good stuff. Another topic on the invasion angle that I wanted to cover was that of um, RVD. Um, as I'm watching some old stuff on the network, the announcers keep bringing up that RVD was like the most popular guy within the Alliance. The only guy in the Alliance that gets cheers. Um, That's true. <laughs> I remember when I was watching the actual angle play out back in 01. Every week I swore that RVD was going to end up turning face and joining WWF. Mm -hmm. I like that they kept him in the alliance because it, it made it pretty special. But nobody from the alliance really jumped sides like they did WWF guys jump sides. Oh, WWF jumps sides every week. You really never had anybody from the alliance do that. And I always thought it was going to be RVD. Yeah, um, that one big move. That one big move. And him and Austin kept having a lot of, uh, you know. They did. Attention. Attention between them, yeah. Um you know, because RVD was, he was getting all the cheers, mm -hmm. and everybody was looking at RVD as the star of the alliance, and which made Austin jealous. Yep. I kept thinking we would have a big one-on-one -on -one match between those two in, within that angle, and it never really happened. Mm -hmm. um, I think RVD was involved in a triple threat match with Austin and Kurt, maybe. Yeah. It was like Unforgiven or No Mercy. Yep. Unforgiven. Maybe an Unforgiven. He was thrown into a triple threat, but it really didn't feel as special as it could have been. I think they could have built on that a little bit better mm -hmm. with RVD. Going back, I, I wanted to talk about one of my uh, my favorite moments. And this is kind of pre-invasion, around the same time it starts because it's mm -hmm. leading into it. Right. And like we go back to the, the beginning of the episode, the original plan was to have... Um, it was to have WWF Raw and WWF SmackDown mm -hmm. were going to become its own separate shows. Right. Kind of like the brands. Mm -hmm. um, Raw was supposed to feature the WCW guys. SmackDown was going to be the WWF show. Yeah. Um, Shane and Linda were going to be in charge of Raw. Mm hmm Because that was going to lead to the divorce storyline. Right. Because we had Vince, the Vince uh, sedated Linda throughout the... 2000, yeah, the last part 2000 and mm -hmm. 2001, yeah, and at WrestleMania 17, she comes out of she it. comes out of it at WrestleMania and kicks him in straight in the uh, grapefruits, yeah, and um, so when he makes up with her though, he's like, I'm a change man, I'm a change man, I'm a change mm -hmm. man. Well, Linda buys into it. There's one role where it's 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 one of my favorite episodes. Where Vince signs Tori. Yes. Tori Wilson. Yeah. And Kurt is trying to get at Vince all night. What? Vince, Vince, what are you doing in a broom closet? Yeah, and then... What are you guys doing in here? You might suffocate. You know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and then he was in, I think, like... Uh, the shower. The shower, and yeah. that's when Austin interrupted him. Yeah, you know, because uh, Kurt and Austin <laughs> kept, kept, trying, kept to get, trying to get Vince's attention. And so, finally, they go down into the... Uh, this is the basement. It was like the basement, basement yeah. of the arena. Then and Tori strips him down. And yeah. Boom. There's Linda. And he's like, oh, say hello to Mac Daddy." Yeah. And and then and then uh, Linda's right behind him, and he gets that stupid look yeah, on his face, like, yeah, you know, like he's so shocked. That's not what it's meant to look like, Linda. Linda, I'm a changed man, Linda. You know, <laughs> and that was going to lead into the divorce. Yeah. Which was going to split up Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. And Vince would get SmackDown, Linda would get Raw, yeah. and then Shane would be in charge of it, and then Stephanie would be in charge of SmackDown. Um, I, I, I've always wondered what would have happened if that would have been a successful plan. Well, I think it would have been how, really successful. Um, 
you know, they even kind of ended that storyline in the middle of it because on one of the episode, Vince gets a phone call from his law. He's like, oh, my divorce proceedings have been frozen for now. Yeah. Which kind of ended it because they didn't really have anywhere to go with it. They never it. went back up with it. They either. never really picked back up with it. Especially um, after they were leading into it because yeah. they try after that, they tried the WCW mm. uh, test on Raw, on Raw and it just didn't work. Yeah. They just killed it from there. Yeah, and they threw Buff Bagwell out the back door and we never saw him again. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I think you at USA... Uh, no, they were on TNN at the time. TNN at the time. Uh, TNN, I believe, told them that if they were to even do that remotely again, uh, they would uh, they would nearly end their their TV. Well, the, the ratings was, bombed for that. Yeah, it bag was well, bad. It was bad. I mean, um, so they were under a lot of pressure to just kill the angle and then yeah. just go with the invasion. I mean, they brought out like. Arn Anderson and Scott Armstrong as the commentators. And I'm like, this wasn't even a real WCW commentating team. It just didn't make sense. We were missing Mike Tanay and um, uh, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone, yeah. Speaking of Tony, he's doing really well in AEW. Eh, I could go go without Tony. I thought it would be good having Tony back, but I'm I'm not. It's better than... uh, uh, What's that one guy's name? Um, <laughs> I forget his name. The one that was at Double or Nothing. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Alex Marvez. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. But um, he was a scrub. Anyway, um, but back to the invasion though. That's uh, yeah. That that angle though had so much potential. I just don't understand how WWE and and it seemed like you didn't think it would be bad. Because most of the WWE's top angles mm-hmm. before that yeah. were they they were rarely a miss. You rarely had a miss. Like maybe the corporate ministry before, you know, but Yeah, the the invasion angle started out really hot and then it kinda fizzled out because it was just the lack of getting stars for the invasion angle. Mm-hmm. I mean towards the end of it it really became just WWF versus WWF heel. You know, you had like at Survivor series you had Austin and Kurt on the WCW team, you know, um, one thing I liked about is the way they built Jericho up through it too. He kind of be, he stuck to the WWF true callers. Um, but he became kind of, um, kind of jealous of, mm-hmm. I know him and rock had that little angle there of yeah. a fall. Yep. Um, for the WCW title. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of different things, um, you could have almost even made Jericho go to the Alliance because at one time he was actually worked for ECW and WCW. Yeah. Um, I thought that could have been a big heel name. Mm-hmm. I know Jericho had a lot of, uh, you know, he had a good face run going too, though, mm-hmm. at he that did. time. Jericho, Jericho was red hot around 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. And I think it Jericho was the guy that fans wanted. Fans yeah. wanted Chris Jericho. Yeah. And it was clearly evident, especially in 2000 when he he won the championship from Triple H mm-hmm. when Earl, Earl Hebner gave him the fast count. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the fans went nuts. All they did, they loved it. They loved it. Yeah. Um, that was really one of the first true great Jericho moments in the WWE. Yeah. You know, he had a few before, but that was like mm-hmm. the first solidification of, okay, yeah. this guy is, is what who the fans want. Yeah. Um, all right, man, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. All right, guys, welcome back to Carnage at Ringside Podcast. Uh, We're covering the invasion angle. Um, We're going to wrap it up here with the invasion. Um, Talk about how the invasion angle ended with that Survivor Series. Kind of cover a little bit on the post-invasion and how the WWF looked to take the next step 
um, so to say, after the invasion uh, storyline. Now, I believe, um, you know, throughout the summer um, and fall, you know, we had The Rock came back. We talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, won the WCW Championship, and Austin was on the alliance side with the WWF Championship, um, which made for great TV because it was still, they was obviously the two biggest stars still. So you had one as one world champion, one as the other world champion. Oh, that was massive. Yeah, it was huge. Um so going into the Survivor Series, you know, we they they made it winner take all, you know, whoever whoever won would have brand supremacy, whether it be the Alliance or the WWF, um, and of course the WWF team I believe was uh, consisted of Undertaker, Kane, Jericho, Rock, and um, Big Show I mm-hmm. believe got yep. involved in the Survivor Series main event, and they end up going against I believe it was Austin, Kurt, RVD, and the Dudleys. Uh, I believe it I'm was. thinking. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. It was the five-on-five five match. Um, I remember Vince giving that big, like, speech right before the match. Yeah. And he just goes up to everyone, and he's like, you know, uh, this is your home. Don't let your family down. And then right. he goes to Rock, and he's like, your grandfather. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> the high chief. Yeah. Uh, Peter Ravia, of course, the Rock's uh, grandpappy. But um, going into the, the Survivor Series, um, there, there was a lot of hype on it. A oh lot of God, fans um, really want to know how this was going to work right out. Now, it wasn't the Dudleys, because didn't the Dudleys have that uh, cage match with the Hardys? You may have been right. Yeah, I think so. Who was on the other Alliance team? I'm trying. Let me look it up. I know we had. I know it was Austin, Kurt, RVD. Um, for some reason I seen it was the Dudleys, but I think it was Shane. Shane was on the team. Yeah. Um. He was. I'm looking it up now. Um, so I th- I'm thinking it was Austin, Kurt, RVD, Shane. It was, uh, yeah, Stone Cold, Kurt, RVD, Booker T, and Shane. Booker T and Shane. And then the, the Team WWF was The Rock, Jericho, Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show. Yeah. yeah. The Dudleys was on the Invasion team at that in pay-per-view. That's what I was yeah. thinking of. They yeah. was part of that they, team. They fought the Hardys in a uh, in the cage, cage match, match for the Unified Mm-hmm. Unified the tag titles, yeah, um, which is a very good match as well. Oh, they had some really good tag team wrestling through the invasion angle, um, especially w- with the Hardy Boys and the Dudleys going at it again. WWF tag team wrestling was superior, and, and of course, you also, yeah, it was. And you had Christian jump ship to the Alliance. He did, um, and because they played that up, he was so jealous of Edge. Like yeah. he carried Edge's King of the Ring championship, I carried the Intercontinental Championship yep. for Edge. Yeah. And of course, Grandma Edna always wanted yeah. to talk to Edge on the phone, and because I, I, re- <laughs> I remember Christian got on the yeah. phone, Grandma would hang up, and because <laughs> I remember, I remember after uh, Edge won the King of the Ring, yeah, um, Christian's out there holding the trophy, and he's like, "We did it, yeah, we're we the King won. of the Ring, we're Edge, the King of the Ring," and Edge, Edge is like, "Who's this we?" Yeah, like you didn't do anything, like yeah. I won this. And Christian's like, don't be so silly, you know. <laughs> so that made for good TV, which they end up having an amazing ladder match mm-hmm. um, for the IC title, which Edge retained. Oh yeah, um, Christian. Christian uh, that really developed Christian's character because his character from like late one to through two was he was the crybaby, and yeah. every time he'd lose a match and nothing went his way, he'd uh, throw a tantrum in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I just always remember DDP trying to be like a life coach to him. And right. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Right. You know, I remember that. It's silly stuff. So let's let's go back to say if the invasion angle did happen in 2002. Mm-hmm. Give me your ultimate WCW slash ECW alliance team. Ooh, okay. 
first, I think... Because um, you already said you would probably leave Austin. If you would have had... I would leave Austin with the WWF. With the WWF. So yeah. you would have had big WCW names coming in in 2002. Yes. I would have had uh, Hogan mm-hmm. and Nash, for starters. Yeah. Hall... I would actually have Hall feuding with someone else. Yeah. Um, I would love to put Hall on that because that's the NWO was a yeah. big part of their mm-hmm. subject. But Hall was so good, he can just have a feud with anyone and it would pay off. Yeah, you could have had Hall feud with you know anybody on the w- or the WWF side. I, I probably would have had. Um, I, honestly, I what I would have done is I would have had Hall and Chris Jericho feud. That had been perfect. Um, yeah. Because Chris Jericho was the the underdog in WCW. He, he was. was held down. Yeah. And Eric Bischoff told him, you're too small to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So having a big money, like Nash, or, or excuse me, Hall was one of those big money guys. Yeah. You know, he got the big money. Now, mm-hmm. he ne- didn't necessarily hold talent down. Right. But he knew his worth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it wasn't like Hogan, where Hogan was literally refusing to work with talent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would my team my ultimate team though so on the WW or WCW slash CCW side I would have uh, Hogan and Nash mm-hmm. then I would have uh, RVD yeah um this is tough man I would honestly want to I know it it doesn't sound pleasing mm-hmm. from a big money draw perspective but Tommy Dreamer was a huge ECW. He was. He was the, like the cornerstone of ECW. He was, he was the heart and soul of ECW. He and I've, I've said many times, he got used poorly during he the did. invasion angle. He did. I think having him in that spot mm-hmm. would have been true to what he actually was. Yeah. He was a huge... He was. Yeah. And my fifth spot, I'm just... I'm going to have to go with... Uh, I, I, I'd probably uh, want to put... Um, if he would come, ba- if he would have came back to wrestling at that time, mm-hmm. um, Bret Hart. See, um, if Bret would have came back to wrestling at that time, um, you would, I think, you would have had to keep him as WWF. See, I, 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 my, my thinking though is the heat that he had with Vince would have would have been special yeah, to play play up with. Yeah, that's what I would have yeah. done. And then after the invasion. You would slowly turn Brett back to the right. WWF guy over time, but for yeah. that specific angle, I would have Brett. And then, I mean, you've got other guys you could throw in there, like Goldberg or yeah. you know whoever the big w, you know big w, WCW stars. But for the, the WWF, excuse mm. me, Jay, the WWF, I would have Austin, Rock, Kurt, um, and then. Uh, obviously, Taker. Yeah. And uh, I'd say probably like Big Show or something, you know? Yeah, I think. Team about the same. My Alliance team, uh, Dream Team Alliance team, was about the same as yours. I'd have had Hogan, Nash, um, RVD. I think I would have kept Booker T on the team, too, because he really was yeah. um, a big WCW star. He was he, the WCW champ. He was the last He one. was the last WCW champ. I think I would have kept him on the team. Um, for the fifth spot, I'm like you. It could almost be anybody. You, Goldberg. You know, of course, Sting didn't come to WWF till years later. Yeah. But looking at that 2002 people that came in, um, you could have threw Scott Steiner on it, mm-hmm. you know, um, or That's Goldberg. Right. I think I would have probably went with Goldberg. Mm-hmm. That would have made a pretty unstoppable alliance team. Oh yeah. Um, 
if my WWF team would have been, you know, Austin, Rock, Taker, Kurt. The typical guys. The typical guys. Um, you know, and same with them with the fifth person. You could have thrown in Big Show, Jericho. Um, you know, even Eddie was getting ready to come back to the company yeah. soon. Heck, I wouldn't have minded uh, throwing Jericho in the Alliance team. And, right. Or, or, no, no, wait. Uh, have Jericho feud with Goldberg. Yeah. Because... Um, Remember the, the the stuff that they did in WCW? In WCW. You finally get it played out on TV. Yeah, because that was all Jericho's yeah. angle. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> I mean. uh, uh, you know, you would have got that on TV and then yeah. have maybe Hogan, or not Hogan, but uh, Undertaker and Scott Hall kind of feud. Yeah. That would have been, been a good that feud. Been, that would have been pretty good to see. Yeah, that would have so, been a good feud. So, yeah. Um, there's a lot of potential there if you would have held it off till 2002. There, there could have been a lot more potential, and it would have made WCW look a lot stronger. Oh, yeah. Um, going right. into it. Um, but getting ready to wrap things up here, we know how the main event Survivor Series ended, of course, with the you know, WWF winning brand mm-hmm. supremacy. Uh, the final two was The Rock and Austin yep. and the Survivor Series Elimination match. Um, and, of course, the way they played it out is if you was champion, you didn't lose your job. So Austin was WWF champion, so he stayed after the invasion angle was over. Mm-hmm. And they, they did play it up for about a month or so. You know, These guys was really fired because we didn't see Burger T. We didn't see Paige. We didn't yeah. see the Dudley Boys for a while. Yep. You know, they had to carry Stephanie McMahon out the next night on Raw. <laughs> yeah. She was like that. holding on to the ring post and everything. Daddy! Say goodbye, Daddy's little princess. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it wasn't very long after Vince turns himself back heel. Yeah. And he personally reinstates Booker T. And Vince, Vince. Angle and all these guys that Vince, supposedly got fired. Vince fired Paul Heyman the next night. Yeah. And that's when we saw J- J- Jerry J. Lawler come back. Or Jerry Lawler. Lawler. Yeah, come back. As the king came back, which. Uh, before we wrap up, I want to mention one of my favorite moments. That uh, honestly, this is—I can go back and watch this segment a hundred times, and it never gets old. The beginning of the Kiss My Ass Club. Yeah, William Regal was the first one. Yep. And the the way that it played out, where Regal literally was like, "I don't have to kiss your ass." <laughs> Vince is like, "No, pal, you're gonna kiss my ass." <laughs> And he even gave him the chapstick. Chapstick, yeah. And Jerry Lawler was out there cutting some classic oh, lines. Man. Where he's like, nobody kisses McMahon's ass without chapstick. Yeah. And uh, Vince pulls down his pants, and Jim Ross is like, "Oh God, King, look, it's it's broken. <laughs> There's a big crack down the middle, you know." And and um, uh, uh, Vince, before he pulls his pants out, Vince tells. Um, uh, William Regal, he's like, uh, you might want to get on this side because it might be a little improper if you've been down in front of me. <laughs> and Jerry Lawler's like, yeah, you don't want to get an eye poked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good TV. You know, Vince turned himself back heel, which Vince has always been more. The Mr. McMahon character was meant to be a heel. It was. You know, it really was. He thought he was going to be a face at first. Yeah. And uh, obviously the fans were very pissed about the Brett situation. Yeah. Yeah, we credit Bret Hart for the creation of the Mr. McMahon character. I do. I credit, and, I credit Bret Hart. And that's been brought up to Bret before, and Bret was like, I've never really thought about that, but I guess it, that is kind of how the Mr. McMahon character... And it only fueled Steve Austin even yeah. more. So, um, Steve Austin was red hot going into 98. He was. The McMahon, like, <laughs> him feuding with McMahon just put him on another platform. It did. You know, yeah, did. so I definitely credit... Bret Hart whines and complains a lot, but... And and he thinks that people 
screw him over and don't give him credit. No, mm-hmm. I give Brett 100% credit for, number one, carrying the new generation era when he yeah. needed it. And number two, helping create Vince, Mr. McMahon. He did. He really did. And without him even wanting to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, it was kind of organic the way that Mr. McMahon character came about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that about wraps it up for the invasion angle. Um, love to hear you guys' feedback out there on the invasion angle. Some comments. What would you guys do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your thoughts on how it played out and things of that nature. Um, but that's all I got. Dustin, you got anything to add before we close? Uh, I just wanted to say that you can listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor Podcasts, the only way to podcast. And, uh, no, that pretty much just wraps it up. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Yep. Oh, thank you.